This is John Walton, and you're listening to the Power Play Point Podcast with the Blue Lighter on Point and Anna Knox. Here's Wilson, and on the right side, Hello, welcome everybody, Caps fans out there, to uh, this Christmas edition of the Power Play Point podcast. This is the Blue Liner on Point, talking at you live to tape from downtown Glen Burnie, Maryland. And yes, as the late, great Tom Petty would say, it is Christmas all over again, uh, even though right now calendar says December 24th. So uh, that's another week of Caps hockey, another good one that we are uh have the pleasure of reporting to you once again as Caps fans, and uh, I, I dare say uh, this team's turning the corner. I, I, I don't think they could have timed it a whole lot better. Um, so the Mermaid is still uh, out for at least another week um, with the upper body injury I mentioned earlier. Uh, looks like she'll be back first of the new year. So uh, this week on with us, uh, he's been on with us before to uh, add his uh, sage and expert commentary uh, from from a player's point of view, is uh, Mr. Jacob Michael. Jake, how you doing this evening? Doing very well. Hope everyone else is getting through the little holiday season here. Awesome, awesome. And remind everybody where you're calling uh, calling from. Um, normally, I would be calling from Greenville, North Carolina, but in the spirit of Christmas, I've traveled to be with some uh, family. So I am currently in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Winston-Salem, yeah, good uh, good sports town. Uh, uh, Winston-Salem State, uh, home of uh, Earl the Pearl Monroe. Remember him fondly. Um, uh, again, uh, us old-timers, uh, we'll, you'll, you'll get that. Uh, if you don't, Google him. Uh, was a great basketball player in his day. Um, okay. Uh, all right, so let's just go ahead and get to it. There were actually three games that were on the docket for this past week. And uh, the first one was in, uh, well, the first one was kind of a weird schedule. Uh, First one was home. The one in the middle was on the road, and then they went back home. So I I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I might be uh, partaking in some uh, unique uh, libations up there. I don't know at the the NHL office. Anyway, first game uh, was against Detroit. And this one didn't start out too well. They fell behind 2 nothing by the end of the first period. And then it was the Nick Dowd show. He pulled them even. Then they fell behind again. Um, then Eric Gustafson uh, continued his scoring ways, got his fourth, tied the game. Then it went to OT. And then Dmitry Orlov, uh, as he's done before, uh, slapped it in in the dying seconds and, and won it for the Caps. Uh, 42 shots on goal for the Caps this game. Uh, I had had they not fallen behind so early, I think they would have wrapped it up in regulation. Um, wh- how did you see it, Jake? Uh, pretty much the same way. I think there was actually one more goal from each team because I've got four to three on that game, not three to two. Yeah, no, I, I skipped over. I skipped over. Uh, um, well, Nick, Nick Dowd tied them up, and then right, and then. Uh, um, I skipped over Lucas Raymond's goal, so that that's oh, okay, how okay. They, they fell behind again. Um, after Dow tied it up in the in the uh, before the third, Lucas Raymond uh, put him up again, and then Gustafson tied it up again. Then they went to OT. Is is how it went, and then Orlov got the game winner in the last twenty two seconds. So okay, okay, yeah, I just misheard you then. My apologies, but I I certainly do agree with you. Um, I have a 42 to 19 count on shots. You know, I feel like they were able to control a lot of the pace in that game. And, you know, you're right. It's a little bit more difficult to play from behind where you have kind of a sense of, you know, we got to be a little bit more aggressive. But um, 
Man, I mean, they just look. I thought they looked good. I thought they looked resilient. I didn't think they looked like a team that whenever they go down, I normally feel like, well, it's over now. But I, I thought they just looked like a well put together team, well disciplined. All the injuries that they've had, they just did what they had to do to grind out a W. Yeah, that that's that's a good word. Remember that word, resilient, because because it's going to come in handy later on this week, especially in our feature game. Um, but uh, yeah, let's. Go over real quick uh, some of the other stats. Uh, 55-3 in the faceoff dot, better than average. And uh, nothing on the power play, but fortunately that, that wasn't needed. 17 block shots. So they, they were into it. They were, they were pretty active at both ends of the ice. Good, good to see. So, uh, yeah, yeah, just like you said, uh, re- resilient and uh, stayed in the game, even, you know, even though the scoreboard didn't look good at times. But, yeah, they, they really, really stepped up and uh, played a pretty good game. Um, I'm going to let you take over this next one here, the one that was in uh, Ottawa, because I had some uh, family uh, obfuscations, uh, ob- observations, um, stuff I had to do with family that uh, did that. Uh, well, I couldn't see the game. So, um I saw replays, but I don't feel like I, I can make a, a, too much of a judgment. So a 3-2 win again in overtime. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm assuming you did see the game, and if it, uh, assuming you did, uh, what, what were your takeaways from that? Yeah, I caught the uh, second half live. I watched the first half uh, later on recording. Um, look, pretty much this was a Cam Talbot show. I mean, if he had not – he's the only reason Audible gets out of that with a point. Because he 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 looked like a Vesna type goaltender that night. He was just making ridiculous saves left and right. I mean, and and like consecutively as well. Like he stole the show. Like they could have easily, I think, if Cam Talbot would have had an average night, probably put up six. But uh, it's a trend that you know the last time you and I spoke that they keep following is that they have to get high on the shot count and start challenging these goalies. Now, I mean, unless you're Jake Ottinger, it seems to work for us. <laughs> I'll agree with that. Um, so, yeah, second second game, back-to-back game with 40-plus shots. And, uh, yeah, it, it – well, I was uh, – I'm fibbing a little bit. I, I did listen to a good chunk of it, uh, John Walton's call. And uh, from from based on his call, it did sound like, yeah, it, just like you said, it was it was the Cam Talbot show. He was standing on his head, you know, sounded like literally at times, and and just kept on kept with his game and kept Ottawa close, even when the, you know the Caps pulled ahead, and it looked like you know the rest of the guys in front of him didn't you know were were ready to you know call it a holiday already. Um, so the score sheet says Kuznetsov, Milano, and uh, Johansson with the game winner. That's a that's a pleasant surprise. Um, seeing seeing him that get game, in there, but that uh, game winner was awesome too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it re- really surprised that that he got in there the way the way he did. But um, you know, I guess we shouldn't really be surprised because you know it's not like he hasn't done that kind of thing before. Um, but yeah, it's it's Ottawa. You know, Talbot you know, carried them, and then you know, just uh, I guess a little bit of puck luck on their side. I, I don't know. Like I said, I only heard the game; I didn't see it. Um, and I, you know, Ovechkin apparently uh, got got two points, uh, two assists. Uh, so they made him first star of the game. Um, probably should have been Talbot the way he was playing, but you know, thirty-seven saves. You know, I don't know what he couldn't. He, probably couldn't have done much better. Um, now the thing I look at the stats here, I, the thing I don't, I really don't like about this game is the caps gave up six power plays. Um, so a lot, a lot of bit of, a lot of bit of undisciplined play from my liking here. Absolutely. Um, even though it recently, I'll say going back to Probably going back to that uh, 3-2 Seattle loss way back on the first of the month. They've Ever since then, they've kind of turned special teams around. But, uh, yeah, that one, there was uh, not a lot of uh, discipline in that one. Especially yeah. when the one the, the goal that tied was during a uh, – excuse me, it was a double minor. So you gave him a four-minute power play. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, e- even with even with a middle of the road team like Ottawa, you you don't want to give them that many chances to stay in the game. And yeah, it, it's that probably was the one thing I, I really didn't like was was that because yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. Well, the other thing too that I didn't really like watching it was that they did that thing again where the other team will score and then they just kind of it's like they're almost on autopilot while the other mm-hmm. team's trying to get that next one. They did that a little bit. Um, overall, though, 90% of the play that I got to see in person, well, not in person, excuse me, but live, was it was controlled by the Caps, really. So I thought overall I would have probably given them an A- minus on that game. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, and again, I'm going by John Walton's call, but it just, it just seemed like, you know, uh, absent of the the power plays, Ottawa had had pretty much, you know, cashed it in, and but the the power plays allowed the Senators to stay in the game, and it just, I don't, know, it, it's not becoming of, uh, you know. Uh, a team that's 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 battling for standings points. And thank goodness they did come away with the win and got the two points. And it's one of those one of those games where you have to bank both standings points. But you know, again, that's I hate to harp on things, but the the lack of discipline that that can be a bad habit. I've said it before. You got to stamp out the bad habits in the middle of the regular season when you can, because they'll they'll creep back in the playoffs if you let them. Um. So that was uh, game number two. So we're going to that gives us uh, well, that takes us to uh, the last game of the week. That was last night. And um, unless unless you were like me and had other obligations at the time, I'm sure if you were a Caps fan, you saw this. Uh, This is the one where they came back home, faced Winnipeg again, second time in a week and a half. And uh, yeah, we all saw it. And uh, it was it was the Alex Ovechkin show to start and uh, also to finish. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump into the scoring summary. Ovechkin with his 21st on uh, a snap pass, a beautiful drop from Dylan Strom, who, uh, like, like we've said so many times, you and I, Jake, uh, he continues to pay dividends on that deal. A beautiful drop pass, uh, just along the boards. Ovechkin snaps at home for his 21st, um, did you see that? I, I I love the drop pass. I think it's it's the hardest thing, one of the hardest things to do, uh, and and one of the easiest things to screw up. And and Strom put it put it backwards to him uh, to the captain perfectly. Yeah, when I was playing, our coach would have benched us if we did drop passes in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't care, but it, it's a different style of play today. So it's obviously a more common part of the game uh, and look not not just the drop pass but let's talk about the shot he didn't put that far side he went back short side on that like that that's a special shot to do that actually if i'm well i'm, I'm just going to go ahead and bring up the replay from the app and since it's christmas time you'll have to wait you on the other sides. You on the other side of the spe- uh, earbuds of the speakers, what have you? Somebody's been putting gasoline in my gasoline again. My Christmas coffee. All right. Okay. So we're picking up the replay. Okay. So Strom gains the zone, drops it to Ovechkin. Okay. So I saw this. I, I ran this a couple dozen times, and it looked to me like at first I thought it went over Riddich's glove hand, but it. I looked a little closer and it actually looked like it went between his pads. If, yeah, if I look, if I, if I looked at it right. So I, I don't know. Now I'm looking at it again. I can't, I can't tell for sure, but um, yeah, I, I think, I think you're right. It, it, what it, it, it wasn't long side. It definitely wasn't long side. So, so you're right. Definitely was not on the, on the long side or the open side. It was definitely more the short side. If that, if that's where either either is inside of this pad or just under the glove. So look, looking at it again, I'm not sure. But, yeah, I think you're right. It was more short, definitely more short side. Yeah, well, the, the, the purpose of bringing that up is that how difficult it is to make that shot while you're moving and the puck's moving. He settles it down in motion, just puts a snapshot on. And how many times are we going to say it? He scores again. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, yeah, it was it was just the goal It was the perfect way to open open the game. Of course, Brink brings the house down and um, he ties he ties the record. So, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, perfect way to start the game. Everybody's everybody's in the mood. And, you know, I I didn't think uh, I saw I saw some um, bit of bit of an extra plug for uh, uh, a couple of friends of yours, uh, the Earl brothers, but uh, I saw a couple of, I, I don't think they did, but I saw a couple of other uh, handicappers mention that they thought maybe because this game was on the tail end of a back-to-back for both teams, that this was going to be a real sloppy game and defense was going to be maybe at a premium and they had it over six goals. I forget what the, the Earl brothers had it as, but uh, yeah, they, a lot of other handicappers, like I said, they had this definitely over six goals. Yeah. Um, they probably had, they probably won if they took the under, cause um, last time I spoke with Nick, he told me that if they don't have OSHA, you take the under. Yeah. And that, that, that was smart because that's, that's what it ended up being only five goals for the game. And, uh, I don't, I don't see how those other handicappers had it, you know, that, that high because, you know, I, you know, there's not a whole lot of jump in the legs when you're just coming off a plane. So. Yeah. They probably thought hell, but not being in would probably have something to do with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that, but, uh, Riddich, you know, Riddich is, isn't all that bad, you know, in and of himself. Um, all right. right. So anyway, get, getting back, uh, getting back to the recap of the game. So that wrapped up the the scoring for the first period, I believe. If I can get my app to cooperate again. Okay. Yes, it did. So then uh, Sonny Milano gets his fifth. Uh, he's another good pickup. Makes it two nothing. Twelve forty six in the second. Um, this this is uh, this is another goal where he's he's getting pretty good at those. Uh, garbage goals where he he'll park himself on one of the sides of the net and wait for somebody to find him this time it was connor sherry and uh, he he knocked it home um two nothing washington at 12 46 uh what what do you think of milano so far i love him I, I love him as an addition on that team i've been singing his praises since he got there I was one of the few people who was wondering why he didn't immediately start playing in Washington rather than going to Hershey. But look, whatever, whatever seemed to work is working. You know, he's got, he's got 16 points now since he started playing with us Mm -hmm. and he's been largely a role player and he's still putting up numbers. So I think it's a great addition and, you know, you kind of want to get younger in the middle of all this too, if you can. So, if he's one of those guys that they can get for a good number to be on a decent deal and kind of drop the age of the team a little bit, I'm all for it. Yeah, I think he's going to end up sticking. They might, they might have him. I, I can't see, I can't see them giving him more than say. We're probably getting way ahead of ourselves here, but I can't see them giving him say more than a two or three year contract, but at at, at a middling number. But yeah, if they can land him for something like that. And uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't try to highball them too badly. I, I, I can definitely see him sticking for that. So I, I hope that that's what ends up happening. So uh, back to the game, and it's on to the third period. And uh, Nick Dowd gets um, gets the uh, uh, the goal, his eighth uh, from Hathaway and Gustafson, three nothing. Now it was just before this, about a couple minutes before this, where John Carlson. Uh, took the slap shot in the side of his head. Uh, when I saw the replay, it looked right, looked to be right around where the ear meets the jawbone, the the top of the jawbone. It looked to be right around there is where he took it. And of course, you know, it it definitely it, it was definitely uh, the, the the edge of the puck caught him as as everybody saw. It was blood on the ice, and and Alan May even said it was it was dripping all the way to the dressing room. You know. Sorry, not to be too graphic, but you know, people like Christmas colors. There's your, there's your red, and it, you, you know, if it made you feel ill, there's your green. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, not to joke about it too badly. Uh, yeah, that was obviously yeah, Carlson didn't return. We hope he's okay. The last word from coach was that he was taken to the hospital for treatment and observation. But like I said, when I saw it, it, it hit him. Right around, you know, where where the jawbone meets the ear, and um, so I'm hoping, 
you know, worst case scenario, maybe, you know, ju- just a, a bad laceration or, but it, it could be as bad as, um, you know, either a busted eardrum or a broken jaw. Um, so if, you know, you medicos out there want to want to speculate and, and guess, you know, that that's probably the, the bad end of the spectrum, but you know, hopefully he's all right. I've been, I've been ragging on him. Of course, he's not exactly my favorite player, but as I've said, he does in his own, in his own way, make the offense go. So um, that's, that, that's, uh, that's going to be very interesting how, how they handle that. Uh, another, another, uh, member of the decor, one who takes all your minutes, you know, missing out of the lineup for Lord knows how long. So. Yeah, that was, uh, that was actually a really pretty scary hit. I don't know exactly how they, the helmets they use now are, but I know that when I was still playing, they had like a little plastic piece that would cover the ear and it was, it was clear. So you couldn't really see it, but if, Best case scenario, and I know this sounds weird to say that this is the best case scenario, in my opinion, would be that the shot hit that part of the helmet and that might have broken it and that was what made the uh, laceration so bad. I'm hoping, like you said, it's nothing more serious than just a uh, really bad cut. Yeah, hopefully that that's all it is. We don't have anything official yet. When we do, we'll certainly post it at the at the Facebook page. And, and let everybody know or just you know keep up with nova caps uh, they, they, they seem to be a, ahead of the curve as far as stories like that uh, yeah dowd scores a few minutes after that puts them up three nothing now i i still didn't think the game was out of reach though because i i know this winnipeg team and they they got they got some guys that can skate and, and put it in the net so i wasn't i wasn't ready to call it a game just yet I was I was a little surprised with who responded. So it was uh, Kevin Stenland is his second of the year. Um, he's a big guy, six uh, four, makes some space for himself and uh, in, in front of the net and um, nice high shot by a former cap uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi and uh, Kuhlman got the first rebound. Stenland parked in front of the net to get the second chance rebound and and put it away perfectly and. Um, yeah, this is a this is a young guy. I think we're going to hear hear more from him. Nine fifty nine in the third is when Stenland got his. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, you're a Caps fan. You know that the two goal lead is the the worst lead for any NHL team, let alone the one that seems to be worst at oh. holding on to it. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> to try and hold on to so it with half a period left. So. You know, the Caps trying to make their way up the standings. Okay, I, yeah, I, I knew this probably in for a ride, but I was I was pleasant pleasantly surprised they kept they kept uh, the the Jets at bay, even though they ended up getting sixteen uh, shots on goal for the period. But uh, credit to Charlie Lindgren, um, he had one hell of, another another hell of a game uh, this night. Uh, definitely deserving of that that first star of the week that he got last week. Uh, so much like much like Cam Talbot save Ottawa's bacon, uh, Lindgren really came through for the Caps, especially in the third. Well, the second and third, but definitely the third. What what did you see? Well, just like you said, they had 16 shots in the third, but they only had 26 total for the game. So I mean, he really got hit that last third period, and what he's done so many times. I've actually been more surprised by him than I have Kemper. Yeah, I well, I I. I looked at his record and unfortunately it's a small sample size, so you couldn't tell, but I knew, I knew he would be a pretty good backup in the mold of, um, well, going, going back a ways, a Craig Billington. I figured, you know, he'd get his 20 or 30 games, uh, be pretty good, win more than half of them and, and serve that purpose. But, uh, you know, uh, due to scheduling and injuries and un- other unforeseen things, he's had to step up. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think we floated this idea a couple weeks ago, C4 and I, and it may well be time more when, when they see more of what he's got. I don't, I don't think it's, you know, we, we've got all the puzzle pieces to him just yet, but I, I think if, if Lindgren continues to play like this, especially down the stretch, um, and, and they get closer to capturing a playoff spot. I, I think it, it may be prudent for the Caps to make him a 1A versus a number two. 
I agree. If, it, I'm just, just kind of wary. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the first thing, if he can keep it up. And my other issue with that, and I don't really want to say it's an issue, it's just, I guess, been burned by it recently, is the Capitals doing the goalies 1A and 1B experience. We yeah. didn't really... Yeah, that didn't work out so well last year. And I just, I just don't want it to be a situation where it's everything's the same except the names, because it, you know, you could really cause some riff if if you're doing that, especially with a guy that you've paid to come be a clear starter. I mean, you know, even if he's being outplayed, you got to do something to keep everybody happy. And if he's not getting minutes, that's could cause some issues. But again, yeah. like you know, if you're trying to put the best product out on the ice and it just happens to be lingering right now then I, you know as a coach you got to go with it and you give camper his chances and if he's darcy camper still then yeah you got a decision to make but I, I mean as of right now i like where they're at yeah i i think uh, i think they've actually got two quality goalies in there and both of them unlike last year this is the difference, and this is this is the point I've been trying to hammer home with with fans out there. You didn't really have now. You could say coaching was a part of it. I'll give you that. And 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 both goalies last year were on a very short leash. But same, you know, same coin other side. Neither one of those two made the job theirs. Made the job theirs for long enough that said, okay, this is my net. I'm not letting go of it. I'm I'm gonna run with it. It's it's my job. It's my net. And you know, you got you got two guys. Well, we we got the opposite problem now. We got you got two guys who, when they get the call to start, you know, that's exactly what they do. They take it and they run with it. And I I think that your fear that you just described is is perfectly founded because I've seen coaches screw with the heads of their goalies and it go absolutely bad in in a lot of different ways um but i think i i can see that well so far anyway that there's seems to be an understanding between the two that you know it's it's game by game you know whoever gets the call to start that that's who takes it and then it's it's next game next call and i think they understand at least for now that that's that's how it's going to work and as long as there's that i don't think that'll be a problem now uh but you know, it can be a problem when, you know, like you said, there's there, there's money involved, there's you know, playing time, there's an expectation. And right now, Kemper's the one who's expected to carry the load because he's got the contract. But, you know, um, there, there's already some out there that are saying, well, uh, maybe let's make Lindgren, Lindgren the number one. Well, not so fast. I, I don't think I don't think it's time for that just yet. Maybe not just yet, but if he goes, what say another eight to ten starts consistently like he has been, then I think you actually do have to kind of start looking at that. Yeah, and and well, and on and on the flip side of that, it if if uh, you know if if Kemper is giving you five hundred money at best. You know, may, maybe winning barely half the games. Yeah, if he's 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 that bad or worse, maybe just maybe you open the door a little bit more for for Lindgren. But it it's gonna have to. He's gonna have to tank really badly. I just I just can't see him doing that. Yeah, I don't either. I've not, had this discussion right with people before. Yeah, and I've had this discussion with people before too. And you know, you don't understand. You can't pay somebody five million dollars and then just put them on the bench no you, you can't and uh but you know, at, at the same time i can't i also can't you know this was this was floated in in one of the other facebook rooms too uh, what about you know trading kemper to make uh to give cap space and and you know calling up one of the younger guys from hershey i don't think that's too viable either um no it's not cause it, it's, it's, it's go ahead well, I mean, give me a top competitive team right now where their issue is goaltending. There are none. 
Bright, yeah, I was, was going to say I can't. I can't really think of any. Uh, you know, Boston, Boston's got Boston's got Swayman, who's who's running away with it. Um, uh, Olmark's not a bad backup up there, uh, so that they're pretty solid in net. Um, no, I think Olmark actually had Vesna votes. Yeah, that 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 doesn't surprise me. So uh, yeah, they they got a pretty good pair up there. Um, yeah, and Boston's really Boston. Well, not yeah. I don't want to talk about them either. But Boston's really the only team I can think of that that's really running away with it so far. But uh, no, you can't look at those their their goal goaltending pair and say, uh, oh, you, that's one weakness they've got. It no, <laughs> definitely not. No, and I'm not certain, but doesn't he have a no trade clause? Uh, Swayman or Allmark? No, uh, no, Kemper. Oh, Kemper. Um, I'm not sure. I'd have to look up Cap Friendly, but it, w- it wouldn't surprise me. And yeah, uh, so you would have you would have to find a fit, and or you would have to have an upcoming team that would be willing to pay that much money for a guy who's going to be what thirty six, thirty seven by the time that deals up. Yeah, and locked in. Yeah, exactly. Locked into that. Locked into that contract, and for five per. Yeah, yeah. That no. That's that's not that that that's just not feasible. I mean, I get I get the cap concern because you know in in the coming weeks, hopefully, uh, you'll have Wilson coming back. Maybe, maybe just maybe Backstrom. Although that that seems a ways away. Also, even though he's wearing a non-contact jersey in the practices, but yeah, it's, yeah, I, I just don't see how, how feasible it, it'll be. So I, I looked up uh, Kemper's profile on cap friendly. His cap hit is actually five and a quarter mil, and he does have a modified no trade clause. Yeah. So that would just make, friendly. Yeah. So that would just make any potential trade right there even more difficult if he's got a decent sized list of places he's not willing to go, it's not like right. he can do much with that. You know, you're locked in with money and the guy pretty much can control his own destiny. So it's, it's not as easy as, you know, just calling up a team and being like, Hey, I need to do this. Here's camper. Give us whatever you're going to give us. It's not that right. simple. A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, no, it it's, I, I think that, that kind of talk, unfortunately, is, is not only premature, it, it's not, it's not really productive because I don't think, for one, I don't think Kemper's really been that bad. And uh, two, I, it, you know, it would be difficult to pull it off. And even if you did pull it off, what, what are you getting in return besides cap space that is just going to be taken up anyway? So, right. And if you actually look at his numbers, he's not that far off from what he was behind a terrible team in Arizona. He's still putting up similar numbers. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think, I don't think Kemper's doing that badly. Now he's had a couple of games where he's let in a couple that were, you know, at least that were uh, very, very questionable to be, to be sure. And I get that. And you know, all goalies will have will have bad games, but I think I, I would like to think anyway that now that he's had some time to recover from whatever it was that was bothering him, and he's he's back to being fit again. I think maybe he's put all of that behind him. That's not to say he'll still have a bad won't still have a bad game, you know, every once in a while. But to all those who are already thinking, uh, oh, let's trade Kemper now that we got Lindgren, I say, slay what? <laughs> yeah, no. Not, no. Uh, not, yeah, no. Um, all right. So, uh, okay. So we've stalled long enough. Let's get to the good part. Um, so Stenland makes it 3-1 with half a period left to go. And it was about, I want to say three and a half, four minutes left where Winnipeg decides to empty their net. And I don't, <laughs> Only the Washington Capitals would pull off something that was all at once epic, historic, and hilarious. Um, and if you saw, if you saw what happened, you know what I mean. Um, and if you didn't, then let me go ahead and describe it for you. So they weren't. Ovechkin wasn't on the ice when they when they decided to pull the goalie. So then then he takes the ice. And of course, the crowd's going nuts, and didn't take him long to get the puck in his own zone. 
sweeps it towards the net, a uh, hundred plus feet down the net, and it's it's sliding, it's sliding, it's heading towards the net, and bang, pops off the left side post. And yeah, uh, you you uh, you could probably hear the groan all the way out to Cumberland if if uh, you were lis- listening to the game because that was uh, the groan of all groans that that when it clanged off the post. And I, th- I think everybody figured that that was his last best chance of the game, but uh, he got it back not too much not too much later, and he, he actually gained the zone with Kuznetsov on the wing. Uh, took a look at the net and thought about shooting and didn't shoot, but passed it to Kuznetsov. Um, and what was funny was Kuznetsov threw it right back to Ovechkin, who probably wasn't even ready for it at the time. <laughs> you could tell because he was he was actually pinned along the boards by Josh Morrissey at the time. <laughs> But yeah, Kuznetsov threw it right back to him and manages to fight off Morrissey's check along the boards. Turned it, fired it at the open net. Doesn't even look, and it, and it goes in. Eight oh two. He breaks the record, and of course, there's Bedlam in cap one. And I, you know, I, I'm I'm a history guy, and of course, everybody knows. And I just I just love seeing that, and I love the respect from everybody, and especially the Howe family. And you know, I'm I'm. I just, I, I mean, I've said everything that I'm going to say about it to uh, uh, on the Facebook page, and it was one of the great things I've ever seen easily. And we're we're treated to a thing like this on a nightly basis. We're, I'm going to just going to say it. We're spoiled as Caps fans to see it, but so be it. it. It was just so so great to see, and I, I don't know, I don't know what else to say about it because it's there's there there really aren't any words with with a generational talent like that. No, and. Uh... He's on pace for 50 this year, as of right now, at 37 years old. So, I mean, you know, like you said, we've been very spoiled. Um, and it, it has been awesome to watch. And, you know, for me personally, like I said, being so far away from D.C., to have been there in Cap 1 to watch him pass Yager, you know, I just couldn't. Like you said, there's really no words to describe the gratitude. When you looked up there and saw Slapshot turn that thing over to 767 and, and just being in that environment and then, you know, realizing how many times I've seen this guy do this on TV and then the first time I see him do it in front of me, it, it just made him the highest scoring European player of all time. So, you know, like, like you said, we've definitely been blessed and spoiled um, the only thing that I would have to say about the record breaker is I don't necessarily like how it happened um, because Kuznetsov basically admitted that he tried to force it to Ovi to get that goal instead of taking what was probably the much easier shot. Um, so, And I've seen some people in comments, and they're, they're right. We shouldn't be trying to force feed him the puck. We need to be winning games and doing that first. And then if he can get the goals, and yeah, that's fine. But when you have a team that's very much still in it and they could come back with an extra attacker out, just go ahead and bury it and, and get us the guaranteed W. There's over 40 more games. He's going to get it. You know he is. I just, so I just hope moving forward that it doesn't become a thing where – guys are trying to force it to him to get his goal count up. Yeah. And that's, that, that's been a bone of contention with a lot out there. Um, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I mean, yes, I, I do see that. I do see it happening. I do say it, it's a real thing. I don't think it's, it's as big an issue, but I do see it happening. I just, I guess the hope is that it does not become the, the distraction that, it to some that it has been. I don't see it as as being as big a problem. I mean, fortunately, it was barely you know time dwindling in the game. They were already up by two, and you know it, it was they they had the game pretty much won. But it, if the if it comes to well that that's all that's all they're going to do is is feed him then that and and yes again i do see that they do that at times but i just don't think it's it's the you know the the large distraction that some some see it 
Now, if it if it goes towards that way more often than not, then yes, I'll call them on it. I'm not ready to call them on it that much. I think some nights on the power play, yeah, I do see it more more often than not. But now that how now that he's passed how, I think it's going to be a lot less a thing now than it was in, say, the last five or six games. Now that he's finally passed that milestone, and you know this, this next one's going to take some time. It's probably going to take a good two or three seasons before he gets the 94 goals, the, the 93 or 94 goals that he's going to need to pass Gretzky. It, it's going to be hopefully a lot, lot less of a distraction. But yes, I, I do share that concern. And, and Jake, you are far from the only one who's expressed that. Well, not only here, but elsewhere. And uh, yeah, I, I, I really hope that that does not become their sole offensive strategy. But if they're smart, they won't. Uh, but depending upon what what their you know, retooling plans are long term, uh, no, it, it may or may not be a thing, but that's 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 way down the road, too far down the road to 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 even think about at this point, at least for me. Right. No, I agree with you. So, um, all right. So that was the on ice week that was. So we're going to jump to previous uh, previews, rather, of uh, coming attractions. So uh, Christmas and Christmas Eve today are both legal holidays in the Chell. So um, actually, the, there are no games scheduled. Okay, so Christmas is actually observed Monday the 26th as well. So there's no game scheduled that day. So it's back on the ice Tuesday the 27th up to New York and the Madison Square Garden face the Rangers. That's going to be an interesting game, the first of the year for, for both of those two. Um, they're kind of neck and neck and that's going to be uh yeah i'm, I'm going to want to see that because that, that i think they're finally going to play well not that dallas and toronto weren't you know high caliber teams but i think the rangers match up pretty well with them uh, so i'm i'm going to want to see how how that game plays out that that's going to be a pretty good litmus test especially if uh, they're looking at not having carlson um so their next game is uh, let's see. So uh, Ottawa again, this time back in Cap One on uh, Thursday, the 29th, 7 p.m. puck drop. And then they end the year, New Year's Eve, four o'clock game against Montreal. And uh, week after that, they don't play again until next year. Ha ha ha. The, the third. Uh, next, the Tuesday after seven o'clock puck drop hosting Buffalo. Then it's uh, the Blue Jackets up in Columbus on that Thursday, and then Nashville back home. Another road home back to back. I don't know what. I, I would love to know what what you know, homemade liquid or or unique tobacco the 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 schedule makers are you know, partaking in, but I. I, I do not understand the scheduling. I just do not understand the scheduling this year. I really don't. It's it, it's gotten ridiculous. And there, there's talk of <sighs> Alan May and uh, I think Alan May and Locker discussed this during one of the broadcasts. There's talk of making the season 84 games. And they, they both said, well, if they're going to do that, then they, they need to stop with the They need to improve the travel and they need to cut down on these ridiculous back to backs. Um, did you when you played the game, Jake, did you face anything like kind like that kind of back to back games? Any horrendous scheduling like that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in use, I would have two games on Saturdays and one on Sunday and then I'd have four practices during the week. It was not fun. No, I, I bet. Um, well, yeah, how, did you, also, how did you how did you cope with something like that? I mean, you just had to get your rest when you got it. Uh, you know, don't load your body down with fatty foods. You know, just try and stay lean. Try and stay as fit and active as you can while you're traveling. Just keep your body loose a little bit. Stretching was really important for me. Um, you know, there, there's all sorts of little things you can do to try to combat it. But at the end of the day it's still going to be, there's still going to be some sort of exhaustion there. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe they're actually even floating the idea of, of more games. I, th I think there's plenty of games for, for the fans to enjoy. Um, I, I'll say it. This is, 
this really sounds like a cash grab on, on the owner's part. And you're going to, it's going to start to wonder when, you know, when just when they're going to recoup all the losses they're, they're, they're claiming they had because of COVID and all that, you know, and I, I don't think exp- extending the schedule is, is the way. And I sure as hell don't think expanding the playoffs is the way. Um, I, I, I just don't know. And I, I really hope they don't, you know, force some sort of, you know, labor problem again. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't want to be the one bearing doom and gloom here, but you know, idea it's ideas like that, that make me wonder, you know, where, where, what do the owners want to do? What, what, what do they expect? You know, the businesses everywhere are trying to recover from what happened two years ago. They still are. And nobody knows what to do or how to invest their money. Why should hockey be any different? So ideas like that just worry me a lot. And I, I really just hope that that that's just uh, some sort of idea in somebody's head that they're just talking about and they're not really serious about because I, for one, think uh, you're just you're just opening. There have been already a ridiculous amount of injuries this year alone, not just on this team, but others. And I, I don't really think you're, you know, everybody screams about, well, what's best for the players and player safety and all that. Well, this, this isn't something that's going to be good for the players. I really don't. No, I think this is Gary Bettman just giving the Coyotes two extra games so they can – tally it up at the end of four years or whatever it is and be able to afford an arena. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think you're far. I don't, I actually don't think you're far off there, Jake. Uh, that's yeah. That, that would not be, I would not be surprised if that was something that uh, they, they cooked up him and him and uh, bald bill daily. So he'll do anything except relocate them. No. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but you were saying about the schedule, uh, something else I noticed when I was looking at it, and I'm going to go a little bit further than you did. You went down to the six with the Predators. Um, so between December 27th with the Rangers all the way to January 19th with the Coyotes, the Rangers are the only team that Washington plays in that stretch that is higher than them in the points race right now. Uh, You mentioned Ottawa, Montreal, Buffalo, and then the Columbus, Nashville back-to-back. After that, they've got their next three games is one in D.C. against the Jackets again, and then they've got a home-and-home with the Flyers. And then they're at Long Island with the Islanders. And then Minnesota is, I think, it's the eighth seed in the West right now. And then they'll actually visit Arizona. So in that span, if they're getting guys back and they're already on a roll, if they come back, they could probably win 10 of their next 12, I would think, just looking at it. But the other thing also, like we, we were just talking about the ridiculous back-to-backs that they have, that game against the uh, mm-hmm. Islanders I was mentioning is on January 16th in Long Island. And our game against the Minnesota Wild is the very next day on the 17th in D.C. Mm. So they've got two home road back and backs in less than two weeks. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, I've already said what I said about the scheduling. And it, that's just that's just another example of it. And I, I, I don't get I don't get why. They they get they have to put up with something like that, and other teams get away with uh, a whole month of not even having a back to back, let alone something crazy like a road home or a home home road back to back. I don't know. I, I don't know that, they, that if they want if they want to play, they want the players to play eighty four games or more. Then they got to cut that crap out. They really do. Yeah, because I'm looking at it right now, and they're going to have. One, two, three. They've got to do that four more times before the year's over. Do a back-to-back home road. <sighs> terrible. Just, just terrible. Yeah. With the first one they've got at, after the uh, Islanders Wild I just mentioned is actually coming back from the All-Star break. They'll open up in Boston on February 11th. 
And then <laughs> they'll be playing the Sharks in D.C. on the 12th. Then where was the other uh, – the Rangers and Sabres at Madison Square on February 25th – or no, excuse me, at D.C. on February 25th in Buffalo the 26th. And then the last one I believe is right towards the end of the – yeah, so two of their last three games are going to be uh, – road home back-to-back. They'll be in D.C. for the Islanders, and in the next they fly to Boston for the Bruins, and that'll be the last one that they have to do. So, yeah, I I think, because they've already had like three of these so far, I think, so to have to do that for basically 10% of your games in a season, you know, we said it the last time we talked, shame on people who gave up. I mean, but they've had injuries, the schedule against them, and here in a playoff spot during Christmas break. Yeah, no, they they've got the last playoff spot, and and just like you said, they're not they're not playing a whole lot of strong teams going on the next two three weeks. So this this is a great opportunity to start banking some points, and maybe you know maybe solidify your position, maybe you know even climb out of the wild card spaces into into one of the top three slots. Um, because <laughs> if you know the caps, you know that come the all-star break, they're going to, you know, when, when the, after that hits, they're going to start, you know, falling back into bad habits again and, and, and start whatever it is that, that makes them play so badly in, in mid-February and, and beyond. So that, that is a great time to start really banking some points, climbing the ladder, and, and you know, maybe putting some distance behind teams like the Rangers and the Islanders and, and catching up to the, all the division leaders. Because if, if they don't now, then they're, they're going to run out of time because the schedule only gets a lot tougher towards the end. And uh, especially in mid mid January to the All-Star break and beyond, there, there's some really tough – there's a West Coast swing that they have coming up. Um, that, you know, actually that, that that's not going to be too bad because, uh, Anaheim and San Jose aren't, aren't all that great this year, but, you know, the, the West coast road trips usually, you know, do a number on them. So I, I would hope by then they, they, you know, solidify themselves, but the, these next two, three weeks, they, they've got some games where, uh, you know, if they don't, they don't get, I would say 80% of the points, then, might might be a little bit time to worry. I, I think they can, but you know, as long as they don't play down to their opposition, which they're prone to do. You're right. So, well, uh, the other thing too that's kind of working out in their favor is New Jersey's kind of finding their ground again. Uh, you know, they had that hot streak. I think it was what 13, 14 straight games they won. Mm-hmm. And they just came off of a six-game slide. They just they yep. just won one, and they after losing six in a row. So uh, yeah, and they're like you said, they're they're coming back down to earth. And it, it's crazy to say this, but you know, before that first little win streak we put together before the Dallas game, that was the first time we had won more than three games in a row. And mm-hmm. New Jersey a team that had won 14 games in a row. Look at the points. We're only six points behind them. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, only three I, games. So, you know, that's yeah. why everyone needs to remain calm. You know, we ain't even turned the calendar yet, and people was talking about throw in the season. Da, 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 da. No, don't throw in the season. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I get it. It's a loaded draft class coming up. You want a good pick. Cool. I'd rather not miss the playoffs. Yeah, when when you got a team that's good enough to at least make the playoffs, why why toss it in? You know, I, I you're right. I I never understood that, and that's that's why I spent the last look. You know, you don't like you you who didn't believe in this team and thought, okay, we'll tank it and go for the high draft pick. I'm sorry, but shame on you. You know, I, this team is still good enough, has proved it's good enough to at least make the playoffs, as we've all seen said this a number of times, you make the playoffs and that that's all you can do. Now, what, what they can do in the playoffs that that's going to hold be, hold, you know, be a whole other bucket of chicken to, to deal with, but you know, you at least space to deal with. Yeah, we're right. And, and at least get there and maybe you'll get all your guys back and they'll be fresher and you know, see what happens. Look, there's a reason that 
the whole thing with, well, you know, Mr. Leonsis, please, please do what you can to make this team at least be competitive, you know, before I retire. You know, he has a right. He had a right to ask that. And if you're not understanding what I'm talking about, it's it came out last week or week before that uh, Ovechkin kind of, you know, through the sauce at uh, management and ownership said, look, you know, I'm I'll, I'll sign, but do what you can to keep keep the team competitive. I, I don't want to spend my last few years, you know, tanking for draft picks. And that that's why you're seeing this team do do what it can. That's why Dylan Strom got signed. That's why they plucked Sonny Milano out of nowhere, literally. No, so I can't believe he made it to us. Well, I mean, who? Well, Anaheim passed on him, and they they they've been making a whole lot of bad decisions for at least four years now. That that's why they're where they are. Um, I think he had a PTO with Edmonton. I don't know why they passed on him. Um, and he started out as a first round draft pick of the Blue Jackets, and. Yep. Uh, they've had they've had more fire sales than you know, two neighborhoods. So yeah. I, I, so we're we're the we're like I said last week. You know their loss, our gain. We're we're the recipient of their bad decision. So you know I, I really hope what they decide to do is you know sign him to a, a fair deal, and he'll want to stick for at least the the next couple three years. So that would be ideal. That that would be that would be ideal. I think he and Strom they can they can make them if they play their cards right. He Strom and Kuznetsov can be the the nucleus uh, of of the forward core. Um, the only trick is going to be making the defense younger. But what they can they can do that this offseason. They they can well they're they're not going to have a choice. Yeah, uh, because Carlson's the only one under contract after this year. Um, so that, that's, um, yeah, that's going to be another, uh, hand to be dealt with, uh, going to be very interesting. So, um, you armchair, armchair GMs, uh, you're, you're going to want to, uh, have your say come, uh, probably April or May of, of next year. Cause, uh, that, that's going to be a, a pretty hot topic, uh, around here. So, um, all right, well, that's, that's the week that was on the ice and, um, the near future for the caps futures looking pretty bright as long as they keep their mentality next man up i know it looks bad on the injury front but come the next few weeks they are going to get some guys back and i i think uh some holes will be filled uh i probably probably going to be uh, probably going to throw out another tangent here but i think i didn't look i didn't see it until this past game to be honest what this guy was contributing but I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm starting to turn the corner on Nicholas Obey Kubel. Yeah, I just wish he was a little bit more disciplined. Yeah, I I did not see the reason because he he had been you know the Caps are what his fourth team in two years, and and there's a yeah there's a reason for that. And look, one of them happened to be yes, one of them happened to be the Stanley Cup champions, but. Um, there, there's a reason you, you bounce around, you don't stick if you're not worthy of that. And I couldn't for the life of me figure out why they they went after this guy. Now I see it because he, I, I guess the phrase I can throw out there to, to simplify all of this is potentially, I mean, uh, maybe a little bit, Tom Wilson light. He's got he's got the right amount of physicality and he can contribute, albeit on in a smaller sense. Uh, and you know, you're and when I say smaller sense, I mean don't play him beyond the bottom six ever. Uh, but in a smaller sense to your offense, because he's he's actually managed to score points in what is it, four out of the last five games. So and and, and like Jake said, as long as he can stay disciplined and not take bad penalties, then he's, he's a, he's a solid addition. Alan May was raving about him. I didn't know why I finally saw it. Finally got around to seeing it this past game against, against Winnipeg because his play was a lot of the reason Winnipeg didn't get, even though they got all those shots in the last period that uh, not a whole lot of them 
were really, really threatening. He was a reason, not the reason, but a reason for that. So, but he as was long also, as, uh, go ahead. He was also a big reason that Ottawa got a push in momentum in that game with his uh, high stick in the neutral zone. He didn't, it didn't even look like he was trying to lift the stick. I don't know yeah. if it was just speed the pace of the game, if he just you know, threw his stick up somewhere he didn't mean to. But, you know, little things like that, you know, when you're already somewhat kind of losing the momentum, you can't just take penalties like that. Especially, I think his was the fifth penalty of the game. Mm -hmm. It might have been the sixth. But when when you've already been penalized that many times in the game, you know, you just got to be careful. You can't keep giving up chances, especially in a tie game. No, a- absolutely. And there, therein lies the flip side to that. It's, it's, you got to take with the good, take the good with the bad, as they say. And, you know, they, he's, he's shown a lot of good, thank, thank goodness. But, you know, like you said, the, 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 the bad penalties uh, can, can be a, dr- a detriment. And it's not, not something that uh, you, you want to see from a, no. a guy like that. And, I keep think I kept thinking to myself, why not put a Joe Snively in there? Now, now I see it. Joe Snively, for all for all his his greatness, you know, isn't quite as physical. So I, I get it. You know, if he can give you some upside and give you some of that physical play you've been missing, yeah, I get it. Uh, but like like you said, Jake, as long as he stays a little bit more disciplined than he has been, yeah, that's that that's uh, definitely what you want to see. Um, all right. Well, um, so that's the on ice and uh, off ice action. So uh, this being Christmas, wanted to uh, give uh, an early Christmas present out there. Actually, want to make this something of uh, of a regular thing starting now with uh, our podcast, and that's uh, giving a shout to a local business. Um, so Mrs. Blue Liner and I had the pleasure of um, trotting out to uh, a local farmers market uh, in in Crofton. And uh, they got one of the best farmers markets uh, I've ever been to, uh, to be honest. And uh, came across uh, um, uh, a company called Hansel Hill Farm and Orchard. Uh, they have all kinds of delicacies you can imagine: um, honey in jars, uh, homemade honey. Uh, we settled for a, a, a ground home version of a black garlic, which. Uh, if you're if you're into cooking like uh, my missus is and all, a lot of my friends are, this stuff is uh, absolutely to die for. It's it's they they make all kinds of of great goods. You definitely want to check them out. So that's Hansel Hill Farm. Um, I will be posting their uh, online information in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, but. Uh, and they look. They didn't. They didn't ask, and I didn't tell them. But uh, I. I wanted to start with these guys because they. They gave us a, an absolutely great deal on the black garlic, and they had, like I said, all kind. All kinds of great treats um, that that you can imagine. Uh, in in that they were that they were selling. So definitely check them out again. That's Hansel Hill Farm and Orchard, and uh, they're they're in uh, they're in Crofton and Millersville. That's uh, Anne Arundel County. It's in Central Maryland. You got it. You're in the area, and you have a chance to check them out. First of our uh, shouts to uh, local businesses in in the DMV and beyond. And if uh, if you're not in the DMV, uh, as is Jake, and and you got uh, some place you want to plug, do please give us a you know let us know, and we'll certainly uh, check them out and. Uh, Give them their uh, their one or two minutes of glory on our show. So um, we'll keep you all in mind as well. Uh, okay, so I think we'll wrap it up here for um, the next to last episode of uh, 2022. I um, think uh, we pretty much covered what you can expect as a Caps fan um, for the next couple of weeks uh jake thanks once again for coming on and uh you know with the injuries i really think it's i think your timing's pretty good here i think that the fans really need to know what you know what it's like for a player when you know you you have you have the threat of injury looking at you in the face and and you see a lot of your mates and they're talking about stuff like increasing the schedule and and what it what it is you got to deal with i i'm you know i I haven't played the game myself, so I can't. Unfortunately, that's not really something I can relate. So it's great having a guy like you on that can relate something like that to to our listeners because you know it's it's 
you know, it looks like a game on the ice, but you really have to dedicate yourself, dedicate your body to be worthy enough to, to get out there and, and, and perform. Yeah. And, um, people don't understand, man, each shift takes a little bit out of you a little bit more every shift. And, you know, like you were mentioning, when you have to do these back-to-backs and you have to travel all the time, it, it really does. You get jet lag. I mean, you get used to not being in one spot, maybe not being around your uh, loved ones all the time. So it takes an emotional toll, too. So, I mean, you know, these players go through a lot. That's why it's good to get these little breaks in somewhere throughout the season. And uh, just hoping we can come out of this break the same way we're going into it. Yeah, sure do. Um, definitely. And, uh, okay. So before we go off the air real quick, um, so, uh, go ahead and let the listeners know where, uh, they can find you, Jake and, uh, your new podcast, the, the sudden death sports podcast. Yeah. So you can find us on Facebook at, uh, excuse me, Facebook at sudden death sports, uh, YouTube under the same name. Um, still working on an IG page and other socials. Um, so those should be up after the new year. It's just been a little bit difficult to uh, consult with Nick when we're in two different parts of the country to uh, get stuff out. So uh, once everyone gets back from the holidays and uh, we kind of get settled back in, we're going to be coming at it a little bit harder and getting things out there for everybody. So if you guys want to tune in and check us out, We'd greatly appreciate it. Yep, and that's that's uh, starring this gentleman, uh, Jacob Michael, uh, along with uh, Nicholas Earl, Nick Earl of, of the Earl Sports Bets Group. And once again, that's the Sudden Death Sports Podcast that you can find on those channels that Jake just described, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube especially, and more. We'll be posting those links as well in the show notes once we have this episode up and running. So thank you again, sir, for uh, joining us once again, lending your observations and expertise from the player side. And yeah, like Jake said, hopefully they can stay on this winning trend and climb the ladder and, and get some more points here and uh, hopefully nothing but good, at least, you know, coming up here in the next few seasons. So with that, um, the next to last episode for 2022 is done. Merry Christmas, happy holidays out there for you listening. Be you in the state of Maryland, Commonwealth of Virginia, <clears throat> and of course the district of Columbia and beyond in North America and across the pond, wherever God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in and uh, stay with us. So this is the Blue Liner on Point signing off and reminding you, well, if you ever wondered, because Santa Claus has a, a busy night, obviously. You ever wondered, you know, when he travels in his sleigh, what he pays for parking? Well, it's nothing at all. You know why? Because it's on the house. <laughs> Hallelujah, and let's go Caps. Let's go Caps. This has been another episode of the Power Play Point Podcast. All episodes are available from Apple Podcasts, the Podbean app, blueliner77.podbean.com, and now available from Stitcher. Music by Joe McAllister, voiceover by Jeffrey Cockle. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Power Play Point Podcast. Thanks for listening.